You're listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, episode 38. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, where positivity and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey with the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha. I am your host, Iya Omileti Olubumi. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. I am Iya Omileti. Thank you for spending some of your time with me to talk about all things Orisha, spirituality, and growth, especially for this one. Turn up the volume in your car, put on your earbuds, keep that noise out, grab a cup of coffee or tea, tell the kids to leave you alone for a little while, and let's chat. Today's episode is being brought to you by our own Orisha Wisdom's top five things to know before choosing a godparent. It is our newest resource available to help you choose a godparent in our traditions. How do you get your hands on this? Simple. Just go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash godparent choice. This is one of those special episodes that I honestly wish that I would have heard when I was growing up in the Orisha traditions. And guess what? I will not be here by myself. I have a very special guest on this episode. We are going to be chatting with someone else. And we are going to get very real about the topic of being a Yawo. He is going to share his journey with you because seriously, that is a journey that many want to have, but is only meant for a select few. And the thought of the possibility is exciting. It is scary. It is daunting. It is back to exciting. And when you think about the perspective of becoming a priest and the expense of what that really means to go into the priesthood, it can be a little much, to say the least. For this one, sit back and really put all your senses into listening to this episode. You can jot down some notes. But I want you to really listen to the messages in this conversation. And the truth serum that he gives is going to be awesome. Be open to learning something new. And with that, let's get started. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. I am super excited to have you with us. I thank you so much for being so gracious in your super busy schedule. I'm thrilled. I don't even know. I'm like a five-year-old trapped in a 40-ish body, but I am so excited to have you here with our listening community. 
I'm just going to give you a quick intro, and it's probably going to be the shortest intro that I've ever given. (laughs) I am going to introduce to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, Yawo. (laughs) (laughs) That is the shortest intro. Thank you again. Tell us a little bit about you and what lineage are you from? I am a child of Oshu. I am of the lineage Pimienta. I reside in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. I am a husband, a father, an uncle, a friend, a cousin. I am a lot of hats to a lot of different people, but it is those people that help make me who I am. Thank you. Now, I introduce you as a Yawo. Now, a lot of people, when they come to us, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many emails and DMs I get on a daily. How do I get initiated? How do I get initiated? Tell me who my Arisha is. How do I get initiated? If I could just press record and play, it would be the same message that I get all the time. So we are going to talk about a Yawo's journey, your journey. A lot of people don't ever, ever think that it's going to happen. It's like, oh, they find out Orisha something, Wakanda forever. And, <laughs> and then, you know, so here we go. I, I'm very excited to have you because people don't think that it's going to happen. Yeah. So take us to the beginning. What brought you to the foot of Orisha? How did you become interested in our traditions? And we're going to talk about in a little bit why we, I just introduced you as Yawo. But for those who are very, very new to the traditions, the greeny, green, green, mm-hmm. Yawo is a brand new initiate. And for that time in Lukumi, because Pimienta, that's still Lukumi, that's part of that branch, mm-hmm. it just means that you are a new initiate, which is why I didn't address you by your given name because of that reason. So mm-hmm. back to the question. What Take us back, way back. <laughs> what brought you here? What happened? So I tell a lot of people that I'm a recovering Christian. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean it as for my whole life, I was brought up in, in that tradition and those beliefs. And about seven to eight years ago, I became a little disgruntled and some of the things that I was hearing and seeing did not set well with me, which kind of caused me to say, hey, wait a minute, there's got to be something out there. There's got to be something that will resonate with me that I can connect with and grow from because I've always been a spiritual person that always wanted to learn more I always wanted to grow more. I always wanted to have a deeper connection in the spiritual realm. And so that kind of set my journey, not really adrift, but actually started. Mm -hmm. And I had recently moved to Chicago and I was always, always, always drawn to a botanica and I didn't know why. And um, so I started doing more research about what what are the botanicas because I would do, you know, get a spiritual bath or something to wash the, the floor with or get my incense and things like that. But there was something greater that was really pushing and, and, and pulling me, you know, in. And the owner of this particular botanica was um, a spiritista. So she, she worked with the spirit world, but she 
did not know or do anything with, with Lukumi or Santeria because she didn't like the animal aspect of, of our traditions. Mm. And so when I would ask her, because I had read a book, I don't even know who wrote the book, but the book says, you know, one way to connect is go to your local botanicas and ask for referrals. So I would keep asking her because it kept drawing me, you know, it was like, I need to know what this is. I need to know what this is. But she would never like send me anywhere. So I did some more research and I found the um, Church of Santeria and I ultimately end up having um, a Diligon reading. And, a Diligon um, reading. Yes. Yes. And I, I'm not an original Spanish speaker. <laughs> so I, I'm still learning to make sure I pronounce the words the right way. And so as a result of that, I asked, I was, you know, kind of in a series of transition. And so I had asked, would it be possible that I moved back to to Dallas or the, the Texas area? Because I was very prosperous and, and life was really good then. And I had moved around for work and I was really, you know, looking for some place to settle and, and go back. And I kept getting drawn back here. And so Yamaya came through and spoke during that reading. And I had to do an ebo for her at the, at the lake, actually, Lake Michigan. But it, she gave me permission and she said, if I go back to Texas, it would be profitable. I would be prosperous and I would find what I need spiritually. And so back to the internet I went and I just Googled a Santeria priest in the DFW area and up popped my godfather. And that has been the most phenomenal, phenomenal experience and the most pivotal thing that has changed my life. Got it. Okay. Since you mentioned, it's funny, I was writing as you were talking because I was going to ask you, how did you meet your godfather? I already knew, but that wasn't into a question that we had talked about. So there you go. That's how you met him. How did you know that he was the godfather for you? So when I Googled it and up came several articles about my godfather, um, the most prominent thing that I, that I remember learning about him was that he went to court um, all the way up to the appellate court in, in Louisiana uh, the U.S. Appellate Court in Louisiana, to defend his right to practice the religion. And when I found that somebody would put themselves on the line, put their reputation on the line, put their livelihood and a whole bunch of other things on the line to practice the religion and something that he believed in, I knew that he wasn't going to be a scam. I knew that he wasn't going to be an abuser and things like that. I knew he was very serious about his practice. And so I went with that knowledge and I found him. Oh my God, I Googled him. I did word uh, internet searches. I did address searches and everything else. And I ultimately found his email and I emailed him and I said, I know you don't know me. I said, but I'm so interested in getting to know this. And I, I just would like to know if I, can, if I can have a reading or something, you know, I'm really not a stalker, you know, so I was pleading my case and I'm thinking, oh my God, what if he doesn't ever respond? And to my <laughs> surprise, he responded back and we scheduled a time. And then the rest has been just a whirlwind of, of amazingness all over. What I got from this is that you did a lot of research beforehand. So you didn't just jump in. No. Okay. Now, after you met him, I always tell people that the process of a godparent is not linear. There is no particular rule from... For everybody. It doesn't Mm -hmm. go A and then B and then C. It's more like A with a low C followed by a J and then going back to G and it's just very up and downish. It's very so organic. After, 
It's yeah, it, it has to be because if not, it becomes more mechanical. Yeah, forced. yeah, forced. So after you go for this reading and you've done your research, so you know you're in good hands. Like he's not a scam, so that's good because I'm sure that that did a boost for your confidence and my trust and your trust trust. of course that's important to deal with him how did you know that he was for you so when we had the reading the orishas through the shells and through the ashe for my godfather were able to identify things that were going on in my life that i didn't share with anybody they were able to speak to situations currently that I was going through with work. And so I said, if these people can know conversations that I've had in my head or conversations that I've said in prayers, I was like, then, I, and, and it was, it came out in a loving manner, you know, not like, oh, I know all of your business, but it was really like with, with love, concern, and compassion. I was like, you know what, let me let me take this a little further. And so I did the Ebo that was prescribed. And then I waited because they told me that certain things were going to happen. And so I waited to see if it was happening. So it was like, they told me something, you know, I had faith to go there. They told me something and I'm going to look back and say, okay, well, y'all said this, let me wait and see if this happens. And then it happened. Not only did it happen, but it happened in the exact order that they said. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like really real and really serious. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's almost scary sometimes when you go to a perfect stranger and they start spitting out stuff that you've never yes. told anyone else. Yes, exactly. I mean, some 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 of it was like my deepest, darkest secrets that I didn't even mm-hmm. share with 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 my other half. So I was just like, "Ooh, wait a minute, something's go- something's right here," you know. Mm-hmm. Now, when a priest is a very good priest, so he sounds like he's a very good divinator, and but still. You haven't told me, how did you know that he was going to be the one who was going to guide you? As you see, I'm starting to dig through these layers. <laughs> yes. There so, had to be something. And sometimes it's not a, like I tell people, it's not a oh, moment that all the little butterflies start fluttering. But there is something that's like, oh, this is the person for me. I, when, I looked at, when I looked at his background, not necessarily his spiritual background at, at this point, but I looked at the background. I, I found that we had a lot of similarities in life. I was a flight attendant for 10 years. He's now been a flight attendant. You know, had I have stayed flying, we'd have almost been flying the same amount of years. So a lot of the things in his life, some of the persecutions and things that he had, I experienced that on the Christianity side. So mm. we, it was a lot of similarities that I was seeing as we talked. But then when I would call and say, hey, I have a question or I need this or whatever, it was never, I'm too busy. It was never, oh, well, you know, you're going to have to just wait and see. It was always, whenever you're ready, come on. He would never pressure me into anything. He just made me feel so comfortable that I was willing to entrust my spiritual life and spiritual development with this person. And it is a decision and a choice that I know was orchestrated by the Orisha. And it was something that was in my path. And I'm so, so thankful and, and grateful. I get, I get emotional um, when I think about it because my life has just been so beautiful, you know, since my interactions with my godfathers. I remember some of this stuff from the beginning because I've known you for a bit. I remember around that time is where you and I met. 
Mm-hmm. Two of the things that you mentioned, which are very important, is which is interesting because you still haven't told me at the point that you knew that he was for him. However, that still makes a point because a lot of people think that it's going to be like a brick hitting you over the head and that's how you're going to find out or that the unicorns are going to start strutting around and the fairies are going to come flying and the cherubs are going to start (laughs) fluttering about and singing with the harps. Sometimes it's not like that. What you said is that you took the time to get to know him, to ask him questions. Yes. I asked questions. I would call. When there was a religious event, I said, Kay, do you mind if I, I don't know what the protocol is, but if if you're having something, would you mind if I show up? And he invited me to a tambour. And I had my first interaction with Oya. And it was at that moment that I knew. Got it. I think Oya part, when the Orisha came down, I think it may have been more of a confirmation, but I think you knew before that. Yeah, I, I was very comfortable and, and he was very welcoming, but it was after, because I, before it was just through the shows that I had interactions with the Orishas. So, you know, listening to them say what's going on in your life and telling you what to do and it happens, you're like, okay, this, I, there's something going on here. But it's when you, when I finally had that first interaction with the Orishas at that tambour that I knew there was no going back, there was no changing and that I was at the right place. And I was at the right, they gave me that confirmation that, that set that anchor there. And I knew that, that this is where I was supposed to be. This is what I was supposed to do. Perfect. I think this is more what I was looking for because you had a feeling, you mm-hmm. took the time to get to know him. He, this is what I got from you. You got to know him. It was over time. Mm-hmm. And he still had a teaching style that you could understand. Mm-hmm. asked questions. He didn't, I'm sure he was very busy, but he still made the time for you. Yes. And so this jived with you. Mm-hmm. So you knew, okay, we are a good match. I really like him, but I don't know. I really like him, but I want to be here. But once the Arisha came down, it's like everything was confirmed. And then you were like, this is it. Yes. Oh yeah, I hugged me and she spoke to my spirit and I knew that everything that I, every question that I ever had, every doubt that I ever had, she took away and I, and I knew I was home and I knew it was okay. That is so beautiful. Now, thank you for sharing that with us because that, I think people need to hear what somebody's start was because when they're starting out, they're like, oh, when is it going to happen? It's never happening. Is it going to happen? I want this to happen. And mm-hmm. it gets kind of like a wish, like a fairy tale wish, like the mm-hmm. Wakanda fairy tale <laughs> wish. I want to talk about, did you ever at some point think that you were going to be an Olorisha, an initiated priest? And if not, how did it come about? Because as you know, not everybody comes to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't know initially because I was still just trying to figure it out. I mean, I'm very analytical. I mean, I'm a PhD in psychology, so I'm, I'm very analytical and I try to analyze everything. Going to a tambour and seeing a priest get mounted, I'm just like, wait a minute, there has to be a way, there has to be a logical way that this works. And I just, you know, and it was just, it would be so intriguing to me. I'd just sit and watch and I'd be in amazement. And it's just like, no way. There's, you know, that, no, that couldn't be me. No way. 
But then they would talk, they would interact and things like that. And it was just like, maybe, you know, I'd be open if they, if they asked me or if they, you know, wanted me to do that. Because I didn't know my destiny or anything like that. I just was like, well, I'd be open because I can, there's many different ways that a priest can work and help in the community and give back. So I was like, you know, I'd be open to doing that. And so I just kept an open mind. And then I told my godfather, I said, you know, can you please ask, because of course I did a lot of research. Can you please ask and see if it's okay if I become your godson? You know, and, and I would like to get the, the elekes if, if it's going to be permissible, you know? So he was like, you always, you know, you always read. Like I would take over um, offerings to Oya and <laughs> knock at the door with this huge basket of eggplants and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, you read so much, don't you? I said, yes, sir. I said, I don't want to do anything to offend anybody. You know, so I was one of those researching people. And so I said, well, I think you got to ask. You just don't do it. You have to ask. And I was like, well, let's see what they do. And so I, I said, do you mind? And, and he said, sure, we'll go and ask. Oh, yeah. I love it. And then I guess the answer was yes. Yes, she said yes. I love Oya. Love you, Yanta. <laughs> In the beginning, I'm going to break away from this part of your journey, but it is still part of your journey, but I'm going to break away from your priesthood and just that aspect. Mm-hmm. As a recovering Christian myself, <laughs> I, that, we're, we're going to have to create t-shirts to say, I'm a recovering Christian. Let's see how that goes well. Because I live in the South. I'm sure it's going to be a hit. <laughs> Did you have any issues with family and friends as you were starting out in your path? I would say for the most part, no. But I did have some opposition from my best friend. Oh, do you want to share or elaborate a bit? So when I shared about, um, I was going, it was closer to my ocha or my karaoke. And I was starting to share with some people. I have not fully shared with everybody, but I kind of test the waters and kind of go from there. But, you know, you think you can tell everything to your best friend. And so I talked to my best friend and I said, hey, I just, I'm really excited about, you know, some stuff. I just want to share with you some, you know, some changes and, you know, just some stuff and catch up, you know? And I said, yeah, I'm I'm about to initiate and be a priest of Oshun. And she said, huh? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I said, she says, I don't know what all this stuff is, but what's the name of this religion? And then so she, I said, it's Lukumi. And then she repeated something back that was not Lukumi. And I thought, are you really thinking this or are you being funny? Or are you really serious? And then so like an hour later, you know, after we got off the phone, she called me back. I was looking up that thing and I couldn't find it. Can you, you know, so I said, well, let me just text you the name. And she was like, okay. And then so she called me back. You know, we hung up. She called me back the next day and she says, what does your mom think about this? I I think you should, you know, talk to your mom about this because I don't think she would approve of this, you know, because she was focusing on the animal um, sacrifice aspect of it. And I said, hmm. I said, I really was just trying to share something with you. That was a change in my life. I really wasn't, looking for your approval or your agreement per se, but I really was just trying to share, you know, the different things in my life. That's been the last conversation that we've had. And it's been about two years. I remember, I remember when this happened. I was heartbroken. 
I remember, I remember this. I remember. And I think, well, I'm not even going to tell you what I think because I've already told you what I think. But how did you deal with it? I went to the Orishas. I, I had my warriors at the time. So I went, I said, Eligua. As you know, Eligua is my road, my road partner, my ride or die. We take trips together and everything. <laughs> and, um, and I said, Eligua, I said, I don't know what this path or what this, this journey is going to have ahead of me. I said, but I trust you and I believe in you. And I believe anybody that's not supposed to be in this path, that you will close the door for them to be in my life. And I said, I won't question you. I will accept it. I will move forward because I know that anybody you take, you're going to replace with somebody that's going to be beneficial. And that's how I dealt with it. You know, that takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage because it's They've been amazing. These Orishas have been amazing to me and I, I wholeheartedly trust them. That's amazing because a lot of people, they struggle when they come in and they struggle because they're recovering Christians. And they struggle and they hide it and they sugarcoat things. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that it's because they're new. They don't have the knowledge and how to respond to some Mm -hmm. questions. Because a lot of them at that point, see, you had a godparent or close to it. Mm -hmm. No, you had a godparent because you had uh, warriors. But a Mm -hmm. lot of people, they don't have anybody. So they don't even have how do I respond to this? What do I do? Do you have any advice for them when they're dealing with family and friends as they're coming into the religion? I can tell you what was beneficial for me. Okay. Um, I, I enrolled in Aleos 101. And Aleos 101 had so many modules, so many things. It, was, it enabled me to understand the very foundational things that I needed to know. So like when I went to the tambour after we had the the going to a spiritual event, I knew what I could take, what I, you know, I knew kind of what was going on because we discussed it. I may not have known all the intricate details and things, but I was able to, at least on a basic level, have some understanding of what was going on, what I was witnessing, what I was experiencing and, and how to appropriately act, you know? So I think that that class was really paramount to my, my basic knowledge of the religion and not the book knowledge, but my basic knowledge. Because the books scratch the surface. Books, you know, they scratch the surface. And you don't know if the information they're providing is, is accurate, is correct. But going and learning from a priest and a priestess as knowledgeable as you in this course was very, very, very paramount in my understanding a lot of what was going on that I was witnessing. And then I could play it back in my head what I saw and be like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, that, you know. So that, that really helped a lot. But and the other advice I would say is find a priest. It doesn't have to be a godparent. The uh, Orisha wisdom is people pose questions and you get all kinds of answers. I mean, you got the Ocha police in there too sometimes. But um, <laughs> The Ocha police. I love it. Answers and, and you're able to pose questions so that you can be knowledgeable. But the other thing I, I would say is our ancestors in these traditions, you know, they're passed on orally but they were secretive for a reason and they were, they were oral for a reason. Sometimes it's not necessary to start talking about it yet until you get to that comfort level that you can speak with some form of confidence in what you know and what you've experienced. So sometimes it takes you to have some experiences with the Orisha to solidify that, yes, this is right and this is what you want to do. Then you go and open that door so that you can share and open that, that portal 
or that door to the other people that are in your life that, that hey, this is what's been going on for me. This is what's been working for me. Um, let me maybe talk to you about it after you have some experiences. You can't see me, but I'm nodding. I totally get it. So for those of the listeners who don't know, Alejas 101 is a program that is hosted by Orisha Wisdom, and it is geared towards the very new person or to the Aborisha. And what you're saying is that in the beginning, one way to deal with the new people, we let's call them the naysayers, the mm-hmm. well-meaning family and friends, is that sometimes you have to be more confident mm-hmm. in your knowledge so that you can deal with them, right? Yes, because they're going to have questions. Now, you may not know as a non-initiate, you may not have the answers to all the questions, but if you can give them some basic things, because, I mean, I would say I'm, I'm somewhat an expert in Christianity. I, you know, I was a preacher for 22 years. <laughs> so yes, I don't an think expert. you knew that one. I don't think no, you No, I one. did not. I did not. I'm former preach. Ah, no more cursing. Ninja tips, ninja tips, though. (laughs) Ninja tips, that's right. But knowing the ins and the outs of the Bible, to be able to explain what we do in these traditions and compare them to what the practices were in the Bible before Christianity was sanitized, then it's just like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe you're not that much different. You know, you're able to marry the traditions here with what these people are doing now. So, I mean, we didn't get the term scapegoat just for no reason. We know that Abraham wasn't taking Isaac up to the mountain to have dinner. So if we look at those things and look at how the Bible and the people in the Bible were doing some things, we see the similarities and we just say that, hey, you know, we're similarly practicing that which was done back then. I love what you said. And no, I did not know about the preacher bit. You and I, we're going to have to have lots of combos about this. <laughs> Mark yourself in my schedule and, and I will make time for you because, oh my goodness, we're going to have so much to talk about. My father studied to be a preacher and that's why I'm like, oh yes, I know. But I love what you said. You have to kind of keep it quiet until you gain some knowledge. So you got mm-hmm. the foundational stuff from Alejos 101 while you were still going through your process, but a lot of people didn't know. But Mm -hmm. when they started to know, you were able to say, oh, well, this happened in the Bible, so our tradition is like this. Mm -hmm. I think the scariest part for family and friends is the animal sacrifice. And what you said has been one of my biggest form of defenses when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I don't take this approach anymore. I'm a little more passive now. I'm not as confrontational as I used to be about (laughs) the religion, but I used to so enjoy it. But I used to tell them, what do you think that Jesus was doing at the synagogue that day? What do you think that they were bringing all those animals there for? Mm -hmm. They weren't going to parade them. They were definitely not pets. What do you think was going to happen there? And they were like, oh, oh, like it just didn't dawn on them. Like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. What about the beginning? Abel, he killed an animal and he mm-hmm. provided the correct sacrifice. Cain didn't want to do that. He wanted to do fruits instead. Mm-hmm. And it was not a vegetarian path. And he got in trouble. They were Jesus's mother. She went into the temple. She, I think she went in with two doves or something. 
to present her son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All of these been, things are done. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. This is not a new thing. It's just that we're, we've kept the old ways. We've kept the traditions. Basically intact. And they differ still, but it's, I love the way that you're able to use your former tradition without offending and doing comparisons to find similarities. Because sometimes for Christians, I find this a lot for Christians, they can't wrap their head around ours. Mm -hmm. They just can't. So I love what you said, because even when I try to explain it, I have to sometimes think, how much time do I have? And if I don't have a lot of time, my quickest one is, we do have a God Almighty, just like Mm -hmm. you do. We have another aspect of God, which for you would be angels. But for mm-hmm. us, they're Orishas. Right. It's, of course, Orishas are not angels, but it's just so that they can understand a little kind bit of more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of mine. And, and that way they're like, oh, okay, so you guys have angels. Yeah, but we just call them by name. Mm-hmm. Like and they call like, Michael and Gabriel and There all you that. go. So this one is for the ruler of this, and this one is the smiter of whatever. We have the same thing. They just have African names. Oh, okay. So I love that. And for the new people who are listening, who are struggling with their friends, I like that. I like that approach. Get yourself some knowledge. You don't have to divulge everything Mm -hmm. until you're ready to. And there's no pressure. Nobody should pressure anybody into talking your business. Right. And I think that's important. That's a great I love the way that you handled that because a lot of people, especially with social media, they post what they eat, what they don't, what they snack on when they leave. And sometimes that's nobody's business when it comes to your spirituality. So I I get that. And I love it. And I'm glad that you took a lot out of Alejo's 101 to help you fuel your responses and your Mm -hmm. confidence. Because another thing that I heard you say is that when you were ready, you already knew that this is where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. anybody was coming to you, you yeah, knew. They, yeah, they couldn't phase me or you mm-hmm. know persuade me out of it. And and by that time, again, the Orishas had spoken up one side of me and down the other. They had provided this. They had told me this person. You know, they described people. That was doing things. So it was just no, it was irrefutable facts for me and experiences that I could not go any other way, any other place. They showed me that they were real. People don't get that when they come here because a lot of them are still unfortunately diving into forums or internet or books. But when you really come in and you start having a taste of reading, what comes Mm -hmm. out, it's like, mind blown. It goes into your head. It describes things that, and then when you see them happen, you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. how did that happen? That's very shocking. And that happens also over time. It doesn't happen right away. So you get a reading now and you get told something and 10 years it happens, but you'll remember that reading. Mm -hmm. I remember it spoke of this because remember Orisha time is not ours. Mm-hmm. And we want to rush. We we live in a rush, rush type of we world. We live in a microwave society. 
oh, that's interesting. Everybody calls it something different. My husband calls it a fast food society. Mm-hmm. I okay. So I get what you're saying. Now, without going through the mysteries, because that's a total no-no, <laughs> no-no. What was your process from Alejo to Yawo? Now, of course, the difference for everybody, but what was yours? I think I was, I did the Elekes first. Okay. And then I learned. So as I was given instructions about them, I was trying to commit them to memory. So I would wake up every morning and I would pray and I would ask, you know, based on these Elekes or these Coyares over my neck, I would mm-hmm. ask for that that specific attribute, like when it was when I was praying and asking Oshun, please let the words that come out out of my lips today be sweet. When it came to praying for with Shango's Eleke, I would say, you know, I understand there's two paths to solving any any issue, diplomacy or war. Please let me choose the right path. You know, I became intimately familiar with the Orishas that I had around my neck. Number one, so that was again me learning more. And then I received the Warriors, which was a phenomenal experience because now I had Orisha living in my house. So that was, that was a, a very big, big step. And then I got to learn how to work with them. And then the next step was actually saying, you know, Padrino, do you think that I may be going to this initiation priest thing? He's like, well, let's go to the mat. Let's see what they say. And then I had um, that reading. I think I called you after that reading. That was I that remember. Was that, that was that December reading when I needed therapy. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I needed therapy after that one, but I don't think you could you, sleep for a while. You, thank you so so much <laughs> because oh my god, I you have you made me so calm. You gave the the instructions. How you explained Oshun. It sparked such a like, oh my God, I need to know who this person is. I need to, I need to know who she is. I need to know more. And it was just so amazing. And, and honestly, I will say those lessons that you taught me, I see them now. I see them fully now, what, you were, what you've explained to me. And that was so beautiful. And thank you. Thank your husband as well. You are very sweet. That's what I was about to say. I'm like, it wasn't just me. I remember my <laughs> husband had a big dig into this. Yes, my hero and my hero. Hero and Shira, that's funny. Can you, are you able to speak? Because I remember what that conversation was about. That conversation was that you were unsure because when they said that you were going to be a priest of Oshun, you were pretty unsure. You were not sure that that was the right Orisha for you. Because remember, all of us priests, we kind of make bets this person might be a so-and-so and this person might be a so-and-so. I was betting on Yemaya. Yeah. But, you know, um, my husband doesn't know you well, so he couldn't place a bet. But I'm like, I'm betting Yemaya. Yeah. Well, she's my crown. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to bet Yemaya yeah for everybody. And you, it's not that you were just sure whether that was the right crown for you. And I just, I, re- I remember having a conversation with a good, a good close friend of mine on the way to my godfather's house for this reading. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say what I said, because, yes, I'm just going to say, I told him, I said, well, I mean, I hope it's not Oshun, because everybody's Oshun. I mean, you know, everybody gets Oshun. I don't want to run of the mill Orisha that, you know, that's going to be on my head. Those were almost my exact words. Because I had been to an, an Ocha, 
not an Ocha, but I've been to a tambour that was done during Ocha. And they've all been Oshuns. And I'm like, well, just everybody gets Oshun. I didn't want to be like everybody. <laughs> you know? And so I know my godfathers, they had, you know, my godfather, my Javona, they had said, yeah, he's a, he's a child of Oshun. It's just, you know, the mannerisms and different things. And I was just like, what does that mean? I don't even know this, Arisha. And they're telling me I act like this, you know? And I was just like, no, but everybody's Oshun. And then so when they said it, I mean, I was just like, they were like, well, do you have any questions? I was like, no. <laughs> and so they were like, okay, so, so you know, do you have anything else? I was like, no. So they went and closed and, you know, we sat and talked for, you know, for a minute. And I was just in my head, I was like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I need Aww. to call somebody. <laughs> and then I get on the phone. I was just like, yeah. You know, and then we, then our conversation ensued. But. I will say that that was amazing. And so you sparked, um, in the conversation with you two, sparked me on this journey to, to like find out who Oshun was. And then, oh my goodness, Oshun has been the most amazing. She is so phenomenal and so amazing. And I see and understand why I needed her in my life. You know, okay. she allows me to see my flaws and be able to work on them not look at me being vague, but allow me to see and look for my flaws, to work on my flaws. She allows me to clean myself in her water. She allows me to see my life as the, as the path of a river goes. And sometimes we, we get to some stones, you know, your life can be smooth. And then you come to some stones or some rocks in the path of the river. And just understand that if we get through those rocks and those paths, the life smooths back out again until the next time, you know? So the lessons that she has taught me um, in this, what, 11 months or 10 months of this Yaorahe have been phenomenal and priceless to me and my life and the betterment of it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was awesome. I'm pretty sure that being a Yawo has been interesting. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But can you share some of the responsibilities as a godchild to your Godfather? Because I think a lot of people are more enamored with initiating, but they don't realize that it comes with work. Work. It's work. So, it, it is also, my, my Godfather, and I love him, love him so much. My Godfather is not one of those taskmaster, micromanaging type of Godfathers. He's there when you need him, if you need him. I probably am. I'm going to say this because I know he's probably going to listen to this. I am probably one of his most spoiledest godchildren. <laughs> I'm over there all the time. You know, it's like, what are you doing, Padrino? I'm on my way, you know. And, but I'm also the one, Padrino, is everything okay? Do you need anything? Can I get you anything? Let's do this. I bring over the Death Wish coffee. I, it's always me because I am so thankful and grateful for him being in my life. And the changes that have happened as a result of his crown and as a result of his work, that it's the very least that I can do to check on him. It's the very least I can do to go offer to sweep the floor. It's the very least I can do to take out the trash. It's the least that I, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I want to do it because my life has changed so much as a result of this man and his 41 years in Ocha that no amount of work that I could do could ever amount to the things that I have for him. You know, so I mean, I, I we just celebrated his 41st Ocha anniversary. So I was there. I helped build the throne. So I, I ask, is there anything that I can do? And I, I don't 
mean barring killing anybody. I don't think that there's anything that I would not do um, to support the work that my godfather does with this, within this community. The two main points that I got from you is that you call often, you have a lot of communication, mm-hmm. and you help out. So we're talking manual labor, whatever it is that they need, and you show up to whatever events. Yes, I show up with a mind to work and a mind to help. I'm glad that you said that because a lot of people, like I said, they're more in love with the idea, but they don't realize that there's work involved. Lots of work. And that's just just on the godfather side. We're not even talking about all the work that you have to do with your Orishas once you get them. (laughs) That's a Mm -hmm. whole other job in and of itself. And also, do you also work with your godbrothers and godsisters? Is there work involved there in your house? Sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll do things if we're having an, an event, for instance, for the earth feeding. You know, we, we all work in, in tangent with each other or in cooperation with each other. You do this, you're doing this, you're serving this, give, go give this out. So we're at a tambour. We have duties and things that we have to do to make sure that the people are okay. You know, make sure that the drummers are, are eating, make sure that the owls have things. So it, it really is, it's not just to the resort. This is when the work really starts. That is correct. I thank you for saying that because coming from a person who is just starting their journey, because you're just starting your journey, it's really good for others to see that, like, it does, everybody wants to get initiated, mm-hmm. but not everybody's meant to. No. And just because you get initiated, that's not the end point. No, that's just the beginning. You haven't even scratched this. That's that's not even the tip of the iceberg. You have to go way down deep. Like I just worked my first Ocha, not the actual crowning day, but I worked, I got my first little bit of money, but I worked all day. Did you get like 10 bucks? Because that's what I got as a night. I said, yeah, well, I got 10 bucks and I worked 10 bucks. Oh my God, I was so excited. I didn't even know what it was. My padrino came and just put it in my, in my pants pocket. And yes. you know, I kept working. I didn't even stop. I didn't know what it was. Yes. And then I got home. I was like, oh, what's this? And I was like, oh, it's money. And first thing I did was I went right to Oshun. Mama, here, thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to see this. I'm going to put this to you because I'm going to take care of my, my Oshun and my Arishas first because they're going to take care of me. And that's awesome. That is so awesome. What have been some of the challenges or I'm pretty sure you've had quite a lot, but maybe the top challenges that you have had in becoming a Yawo. Hmm. I think getting out of my own head, trying to figure it all out instead of just letting the process be the process. Because mm. I've come to learn they're not going to steer you wrong. So, you know, just kind of go. I've, I've developed so much, so much confidence and so much faith and so much belief and so much foundation and, and roots that, are, that go deep in this, in this Yaorahe. The other thing I really questioned was having to wear white all the time. I was like, how am I going to do this for work? How am I going to do this? You know, just people are going to walk around thinking I'm stupid and crazy. It's after winter. It's after this day and I'm still wearing white, you know? So that I thought that was going to be difficult, but it didn't. I went to my, my boss and I said, I need to request a religious accommodation. And I said, and I'm, I was an HR director at the time. So Were you scared to ask that? I was a little apprehensive. Okay. But I knew that the Orisha had my back, if that makes any sense. 
Um, yeah, it does. Uh, so I said, you know, if it was going to be an issue at work, I would just go to my godfather and say, hey, this is going to be an issue. You know, is there a way to work around this? If not, I would have looked for another job. That's how serious it was for me to do this because I am unequivocally unshaken by any of that. So I explained it to my boss. You know, I put it in writing and I told them I'm going through a, a spiritual process, a spiritual That's journey. a good tip, everybody. He put it in writing. Yes. <laughs> Everybody who's getting... No, it sounds really... It's it's actually really good. I didn't even put mine in writing. So that was really good. Yeah, so I... Sorry I, to I, interrupt, I, but that was no so good. Words. And so I just told them, I gave them a little history of the religion. I told them I'm going on a spiritual journey. And a part of this journey, I have to... For, for 53 weeks, so, you know, a year and one week, I'm going to have to wear white. I'm going to have to be kind of sequestered. And I called it my purity year, my my, my period of consecration. I said, I'm not going to be able to interact physically um, with people that are not of the faith, of, that are initiated and things like that. I said, but I said, rest assured, it's not going to impact or affect my job performance. It's not going to impact. I said, the only difference that you most likely will see is I'm not going to come and shake your hands like I used to, and I'm going to be wearing white all day. You know, oh, and I said, I didn't have to keep my head covered. <laughs> you know, so what I got, the response that I got back was, Thank you for this information. Let me look it over and I'll get back with you. What that did, it sparked conversation and dialogue. Love My it. supervisor thanked me for giving this. He thanked me for the information. He says, I never knew this existed, but I'm so intrigued. He asked me to tell him more about the religion. <laughs> you know, so it was That's just like, awesome. a minute. That is, not the, that is not what I thought this was going to be, but I'll sit down and tell anybody who asked, you know? And so we talked, he says, I am, they told me that, because I, I, I reported to, both of the assistant directors, they told me that I am very proud of you for going on this journey and for doing this because you are going to be an example for a lot of people. And I'm just so glad that I'm able to approve this for you so that you don't have any issues while you're going through your spiritual process. I That's was amazing. So your biggest challenge was you, was not me. everybody else. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, when I went to my job, so I worked, when I became a Yawo, I did my one year and one week as well. I didn't even do the writing. And I'm like, why didn't I think about that? I love doing the writing bit, but I didn't. I also went to speak to my manager because there's a manager who manages us and then my direct partners that I work with. And I told them that I was going to have a year, a little over a year of religious obligation. And due mm-hmm. to my traditions, I was going to be dressing in white. Nothing would change, but I was going to be dressed in white. You cannot hand me anything. I will not shake your hand or any of your clients' hands, but I will do everything else. Mm-hmm. And they were shocked because in the entire time, nobody had ever done that in my building. And it's a major company and nobody had done it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're the first. And of course, once you say religious, it's like they can't touch you. They can think you're weird. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't even, it was that. It sparked a lot of conversation. And it also sparked a lot of fun topics because fun for you, you had a better experience. For a while, the rumors were going around that I was voodoo princess. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong tradition. (laughs) Um, But you were your biggest challenge. It wasn't even like the people that you thought it was going to be. It's so interesting right. listening to And you to want to hear people. something even more interesting? Sure. I had some of my employees come up 
from the Houston area for the tambour associated with my initiation. You see? It's interesting how that happens. It's so, it's like some people go into this and they're like, how am I going to do this? Oh my God, I don't want to cut my hair. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And what are they going to think? And it's really you because I'm from New York and, and a New Yorker's motto is nobody cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. Just like, oh, they're dressed in white, whatever. No one cares. But it's you. It's your, your head. I love it. Let's talk about money. Oh, yes. Coming, yeah, well, a cheap thing, you know, a hundred bucks. Is it even possible to do it? I wish, I wish it was a hundred bucks, but no, people it's say not. it costs thousands. It, I mean, seriously. Thousand, uh, I'm not going to ask for the exact amount because that's a no no. We never really ask. Um, so let's really have a talk about money. And I think you know this because you've been part of the main Orisha Wisdom community for a long time. But a lot of folks think that this should be free or maybe 500 bucks. And then there's the lure that's going around that African babalaos, they message you that they're going to ship you a shoon for 200 bucks and people jump. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, let's get into a real talk about money. And like I said, without revealing the amount, but is it cheap? What is it? No, it wasn't cheap, but the Orisha provided. Okay. I mean, you have to, there's expenses like you, you have to buy all new clothes. So, so go, leading up to your initiation, yeah, you're spending money left and right. You're spending, you know, you have to get all new clothes. You have to buy the white clothes. You have to buy the supplies that you're going to need. You're going to have to buy the, the various things that you're going to house your Orishas and, you know, and it becomes, for me, I, I hate to say it like this, but it became an obsession that I just had to, I, everything had to be right for them because they were so good to me that it had to be perfect for them. And, and they had to get nothing but the best, <laughs> you know? So, so I'm one of those like, oh my God, I, I, oh, oh, sure would love this. And, I, and, you know, off I go. So it is, but when you look at the aspects and things behind it, um, when you learn why we wear white, when you learn why you do this, when you learn why you have to do that, it's a small price to pay for, for your life being reset, for your genetics being reset, for your head, your destiny to be aligned and, and you going in the right path that you're supposed to. Because I know for sure, part of this, I made a mess of my life <laughs> on my own. You know, so I was like, well, it can't be any worse than I've done. But, it, you know, it was a small price to pay, again, for what is all done, just the ceremonies themselves, you know, you got seven, eight days worth of stuff. And I mean, people have to, you know, take off work and you have to have a place to stay for this. You know, there, ha- you know, it's a lot of things that go in it and a lot of things behind the scenes that you as an initiate aren't seeing that's going on. And everything looks seamless from your standpoint as things are going. But you don't know if something broke, if something, you know, this and it had to be replaced. So Again, it goes back to that developing that relationship with your godparent. I knew that my godparent wasn't going to scam me. It wasn't going to do anything that was not necessary. And so I was able to willfully and willingly, you know, do what I needed to do and, and come up with what I needed to come up with. And mine was fairly quick, though, too. So I guess it should not be free? I would say absolutely not. I mean, things just don't materialize. Things have to be, you have to be bought. You, you know, you have to feed people. You got to eat. 
different things that go on in it. So, I mean, if it was free, I would question. Interesting. I would question. Just based on my knowledge and my experiences, I would question like, because like even going to doing the whole Africa thing, I, I contemplated it. I was like, yeah, you know, 3,000. Okay. But what am I going to do after I get it? You know, I got to I gotta learn from them from WhatsApp and I got to learn on the internet. You know, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? You know, they're hours away. It was just like, I'm going to end up spending more going back and forth than to stay here with somebody that I can go and, you know, my godfather and I, we're 15, 20 minutes apart. Oh, that's and awesome. I, I don't learn well. And, you, you know, with connectivity issues, those things, for me, I, it, I wouldn't find a connection. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel a part of something greater that I do now uh, with my Elay and everything here. Okay. So this is the gist that I have. It's very expensive in the thousands. And that's not even counting all the stuff you have to get on your own. And that's not even counting the 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 stuff that you have to do beforehand. Yes, that's where I was going. That's not even counting that. And you would question it if it was free, which was interesting because a lot of people they get really upset. Why does it have to cost so much? And it's interesting that you said there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes as an initiate that you don't even know, mm-hmm. you don't even see. So since you worked on Ocha, and I know you didn't work the Cuarto de Santo where they made the Ocha, but you worked it. Were you able to see some of those things now? I was able to do a lot of running around and getting a lot of things so my godfather could focus on what he needed to focus on. Doing yeah. that okay. I've always told people that you're really not going to know what the money goes to until you're working in OCHA. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's when you absolutely see that um, it's never enough. It's like you bleeding money because of all the things that you have to do. So thank you for that conversation because it's important. And it's sometimes I think a big deterrent for people who are coming in because they're like, it's going to be expensive. Oh my God, am I going to have to sell my firstborn? And they get all frantic over money. I had this question and I've spoken to a lot of priests and every now and then we kind of get like, when I'm more comfortable, I ask them this because sometimes I get interesting responses. Have you ever thought of like, uh oh, I made a mistake with these traditions. Did you ever have any doubt or you were just gun-ho faith all the way? Absolutely not. They have shown up time and time again. Having this, like this, this change, you know, going to a tambor and they're telling you something's going to happen. I bring Oya and Eligua sit in front of me while I'm doing an interview because I know Oya is going to bring some change and I know Eligua is going to open the door. So no, absolutely not. I have never, never once questioned I never once question this. I, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give 110% every time I do it. Love it. You are a very committed guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> your godfather is very lucky. I love it. What advice do you have for folks who are new-ish to our traditions, who are trying to get involved? They just discovered the Orishas are a thing. Wakanda's not real, but we got Yudaba Nation. If there were three things that you would like to say, you know, these are the top three, what would those top three things to consider be? The first thing I think I would say is this is not a race. 
This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. It takes time to learn. It takes time to imagine. You can get every Arisha today if you had the money to whatever. But how are you going to learn how to work with those things? How to, you know, what you have to do to do it. It takes time. It's no rush to be initiated. Now, I, now I will say, I wish I did this 20 years ago. But <laughs> Oshun in my initiation said, this is the time that I had picked and chosen for you. And it's perfect just the way I wanted it. So I had to get that out of my head. I'm like, oh my God, I could be so much further if, if I just did this early. But it's not a race. It is so not a race. If you are trying to sprint through it, you're going to miss the beauty of what all this is. So take your time, research, get to know a person. Don't just jump in with somebody just because they, they give you a, I can do this for this. You have to know that person. I, there's been three or four different Yawos that I know throughout my Yawrahe. And I will say this, and it's not telling their, their business and things like that, but sometimes when you don't take your time and make the right decision, you can be in the middle of your Yarahe and lose your godparent. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're stuck. Who's going to teach you? Because most people, you'll be hands off. So again, take your time with this because it's definitely not, not a, a sprint. And then you can find someone that you can talk to. I talk to so many people and you know, I give advice or my experiences. I, I'm not looking for God. I'm not God child searching or anything like that. It's just that I believe in these Arishas so much because they've done so much for me and, and, and so much change in my life for the good that if I can help anybody on this journey, I'm so dedicated to helping anybody, you know, answer questions, you know, do this. And I think the third thing I will say is don't build an altar for any, any you fill in the blank. Just don't do it. It looks nice. It looks pretty. It looks this, that, and the other, but you don't want to welcome and, and open the door for things that you don't even know what they are. So sometimes it's better to just wait. It's better to, to find something. You can sit and meditate and talk to the inner energetics of the Orisha without having to build something, put something up. Oh, this, you know, flowers, especially Oshun. That's my mama. Please don't do that. because she, you know, She's complicated. She's very, very complicated. Even for an initiated priest. She's, you know, quite complicated. So it's not something that you need to do. Wait until, you know, just take your time, take your pace. You know, if you want to give something to them, if you want to give an offering or whatever to them, if you have somebody that has Arishas or you have a godparent or somebody that you're talking to, you know, ask them, is it okay? Can I bring this to the, the foot of, you know, on the mat of your Arisha? Or sometimes you just go. If you know that Oshun is over the river, sometimes just go to the river and just talk. If you, you know, if you know your mayas at the ocean, you know, just go to the ocean and just talk. You know, if you find a tall tree, you may want to talk to Shango. Just those things, learn the attributes of them. And, and you don't have to necessarily physically build something to them because you can speak to them from your heart and they hear you. Okay. So I have for your top three, it's not a race. Take like, it's, it's not a sprint. Take your time, right? Mm-hmm. I also have to do your research and to take your time, especially yeah. getting to know someone. That right there is gold. And lastly, don't just build an altar to anybody because there's a lot of interesting repercussions that could come. And it's interesting that you picked that one. 
as one of your of your top three. So thank you for that. And people should be thanking you and writing you <laughs> on this and be like, yes, I thank that Yawol for that advice because it is golden. It is really, truly, truly golden. Now, Yawostito, by the way, we usually say Yawostito. That's just an endearing term for a little Yawol. That's yeah. what we usually call you, Yawostito, especially if you're brand new. Do you have anything that you want to share with the Orisha Wisdom community to our listeners? Anything you got? Oh, wow. I have taken a lot of time in the Orisha Wisdom community and really developed relationships with people. Not relationships because I want something from them, but relationships because I want that camaraderie. I want that synergy. I want to be able to see what it is that I may be able to do to to help and assist them. Because when you give of yourself, you're opening yourself for other people to pour into you. You can't pour into a glass that's already full. So sometimes you have to empty of yourself and make yourself available to other people so that they can in turn pour back into you. And I think when you go into it, when you come into this system or to the traditions, being selfless, and this is a lesson I learned from Oshun, you have greater impact on not only yourself, but on the world, because I'm being selfless about what it is. I'm not coming to meet you with an ulterior motive. I'm coming to meet you just genuinely being kind, genuinely saying, hey, what what is it that I can do that can assist you? How can I support you? Do you have a business that you're that you're doing that I can, you know, support? How can I learn from you? And I think putting yourself out there in that manner, as opposed to, hey, I'm looking for a godchild. Do you guys have any recommendations in Dallas? Or hey, I'm looking for this. Or, you know, I had a dream about this, Arisha, or I had a dream about this. You know, sometimes those are, you know, kind of get irritating for, for a priest kind of to hear. And I know you're excited about it. But sometimes develop those relationships so that you have a person that you can go to and ask. Or you may hear of them talk about a dream that they had and say, oh, what, you know what, that, that resonates with me because I had something similar. And then you can get that nitty gritty because if you're just throwing yourself out there, people can tell you a whole bunch of things. You know, like I can't eat pumpkin. Let's, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I can't do pumpkin. That's something that was taken away. Me too. You know, but, so you have, but you have people that will tell you, Oh, it's okay. It's not necessarily pumpkin because they don't have pumpkin in Africa. It's really this. And they will tell you things just to tell you things, just to sit back and watch how your life gets deteriorated because you went against what you knew you weren't supposed to do because somebody else said it. But if you have those, develop those relationships and that network of people that you know that you trust, you will then begin to see their heart. You will then begin to see their intention. You will begin to see if they're going to be good for you, if you're going to be good for them. And then you develop your community. And that's the most important thing with this because these traditions came from community. They came from the villages that all work together to do things. So this is not a tradition and a a place that you can be an island. You have to be a member of the community. And that's the only way that you can do it is to start getting to know people and getting to know them genuinely, not because you want or have an ulterior motive about it. I love it. I yeah, I love it. All of it. All of it. I, there's <laughs> not just all of it. I love it. So we're getting close to the end. I I know I've stolen a bit of your time. I'm so excited though. But I I have 
always a fun question that I love to ask the guests on the Arisha Wisdom Podcast. Mm -hmm. So here it is. If there was a vision on how the world would be, what would that look like for you? Everybody being an Oshun priest. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, but I'm not it. Does that mean I have to move to another planet? No, you don't have to move. You don't have to move. I I would say that if I had a vision for the world, I, it, it would be that the energetics of these Orisha that we have, that they would continue to grow and continue to spread their love, um, spread their compassion, and bring that which we're lacking in our lives to everyone's life. So it, it, it's not necessarily for me to live my best life, but that everybody find their path and find their best life you know, through these traditions and and whatever path that it is that you do. And that we have less judgment and find more commonalities within each other. I love it. Utopia, here we come. Yes. I love it. And my mom will be the queen. Oh, well, <laughs> we're going to have to have a few discussions about that. <laughs> but Ashun can be there with her too. So we're, we're good. We're good. Um, okay. People are going to be dying to know more about you. They're going to want to know all about you. They're going to want to find out who you are. They're going to want to eat you up. (laughs) Where can folks find you online? They can find me in the Orisha Wisdom group. No, just kidding. (laughs) And yes, they they could. So in in 70 days or less, I'll be um, back to my old new self. Um, So you can find me at Wayne. Jackson on Facebook. And then I'm relaunching my website after my my year. So I'm looking forward to that. It's the um, dwaynejackson.com. And I'm just really looking forward to all the good stuff and all the comments and all the questions and everything that's going to come in this new door that's opening up for me. And I'm just really, really appreciative to all of you, the listeners, and to my Shiro here that has been so phenomenal. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're not finished. What's this okay. gwaynejackson.com about? So I, one of the many hats that I have is I'm an author. Um, so I've written a couple of books. I'm writing, I'm in the process of writing some more now. I'm looking to, to venture out into some other things. And so this is going to be my platform G. Wayne Jackson platform moving up to everything that's G. Wayne and or his priest side and or his author side and his personality side, et cetera, et cetera. But I got to keep all those personalities in my head as one though. That's going to be hard. <laughs> I love it. I don't want anybody to worry because I am going to put both of these places where they can find you. And I know your site is not ready yet, but I am still going to include the link okay. because as soon as it is, I want folks in the community to flock and to support you because that's Thank part of your you. utopia. Yay. I just have to do a photo shoot. That's the only thing I'm waiting on. And I can obviously you do that right now. Cannot do that right now, but later, later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was thank a lot you. longer than what I thought it was, but it was so good. It was just such a fun conversation. I know thank I had an enjoyable time. Thank you for sharing your journey. It's invaluable. It's priceless. Because I wish when I was growing up in the traditions that I would have had somebody like you to look up to. I mean it. Watching your journey 
has been one of my greatest joy after oh, cool. launching Alejos 101. I mean it, like really. It has just been a joy. I know you're not my godson, so don't worry. I'm not going to steal you from the golden <laughs> godparent of yours. But it's like watching a baby chick start from an egg. It's been just so amazing to watch. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing, for being so open. And I just, I'm really, I don't even need to hope. I know that this is going to be very helpful to others, that it is possible. It is. It is. And you can live this amazing life. Yes, you could. If you follow protocols, if you're patient, and if you do your homework. Mm -hmm. Yes. So thank you so, so much. May Orisha bless you. Ashe. We have reached the end of this incredible episode. This is just the thing that I wanted to know more than anything when I was starting out, even before I fully committed to being here. But I still didn't know how to move forward. It was like they were incredible beings walking in white that they were, of course, untouchable. And I didn't know what to ask or I had no idea what to expect. But this is what I wish I would have had. Just somebody to tell me, to talk to me about what was going on. Well, what did you think of this conversation with this humble yawl? Let us know. I do hope that you enjoyed this and really learned from it. There was a lot of very real discussion here, especially when it comes to a journey, because this is not a quick and simple one, two, three thing. And I am so grateful for his time. A couple of things before I go. If you are new to the podcast, you might have a ton of questions as well. And we have a way to capture your questions. And if your question is chosen, then it will be featured here on the Arisha Wisdom Podcast. How to get your question in? Easy. Just go to www.arishawisdom.com forward slash ask a priest. All together, no dashes in between, ask a priest. I am so excited to finally have one place to keep all of your incoming questions nice and organized. It used to be a message here, an email there, and things would get lost. I cannot wait to see your questions, especially after this episode. On another note, we mentioned Alejos 101, which is a program that we have. If you're interested in finding out about our Alejos 101 program, go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash A, like Apple, 101 coming soon. And we will let you know when it is available and information. If you like this episode, like it, of course, like it, comment and Definitely, of course, absolutely share it. If you're on YouTube and you're watching this on YouTube, like the episode, give it a thumbs up, subscribe and click on the little bell icon so that you will be the first to know when there is a new video uploaded. I will link you to the YouTube channel and all of those links above. 
Don't worry about it on the show notes. For the show notes, go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash 38. Just like the number of this episode, 38. In there, I will add all of the details, contact details, how to reach the Yawo and all of his upcoming endeavors, which I'm very excited about. Stay tuned for the next couple of episodes. I'm not going to give it all away, but we're going to cover one of your questions from Ask a Priest, and we're going to cover a big time challenge that we have had in our traditions that we are going to tackle in a different way. I can't wait to share them with you. Until next time, may the elevated ancestors and all Orisha bless you immensely. Odabo! Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha is all around us. Be blessed and until next time.